Raising the next generation is a team effort. Yes, the school. Yes, the church. But what can we do at home to consistently create an environment that helps develop a bold and confident faith in our children? Stay tuned for this episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them. Basecamp Live will equip you to conquer the biggest mountains when raising the next generation. Each week, You'll hear from culture watchers, thought leaders, and storytellers who know the tools you'll need to summit the peak and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. Welcome to Basecamp Live, and now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live on the line today with Chap Bettis. Chap, how are you? I'm doing well. I Thanks am, for having me on. I'm so glad to have you, and you come highly regarded. Um, I received an email from David King. He's a senior pastor of the Concord Church in Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Tennessee. He's a Base Camp Live listener, and he just said, listen, I love your show, but you have got to get Chap on for an interview. And so he claims that he has uh, read and reread and reread your book uh, that came out in 2016, The Disciple-Making Parent, A Comprehensive Guidebook for Raising Your Children to Love and Follow Jesus Christ. So... There's a lot of fans reading your book, Chap. Well, I appreciate I appreciate David a lot. Yeah, well, he's he is a pastor and he's in the trenches and he's a dad. And so I'm curious. So in your background, so you you were a fellow fellow Southerner like me. You're an Alabama guy, and then you up and moved to New England, to Rhode Island, um, of all um, Christ-centered places, I'm sure, <laughs> to pastor a church for 25 years. So you are living this thing out. You're living the gospel out every day in the church. You've got Four kids of your own, right? Are they yes, 20? twenty-six to twenty. Wow! So you have you have you're almost to the point of getting the well done, good and faithful servant award. You've almost <laughs> completed it, but they're out of your house for the most part. It sounds like, and and so now in this kind of chapter of your life, you've said, "I want to go and devote the remainder of my ministry years to helping parents disciple their children." And I think that's awesome. It's called the Apollos Project. We'll learn more about it. But how did you how did you make that turn? Why are you spending these years right now devoted to this issue of helping parents? Well, that's that's a great question. Well, I grew up in a Christian home and had a bumpy transition to an adult faith. Um, and believe it or not, coming up here, going to a secular college, actually reinforced that Jesus is is the way. Uh, he is the truth, and uh, living the Christian life is the abundant life, um, and that that uh, the, the other lives out there are are really empty. Yeah. And um, and then ended up saying uh, I can I can be a missionary without a passport. Um, <laughs> mm. Planting a church in New England and Rhode Island specifically is about three percent evangelical. Yeah. And so happily pastored, planted and pastored a church for 25 years. And, uh, but also had on my heart, how do I pass the gospel to my kids? And then God brought some, supernaturally brought some like-minded families to our church. And then, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's such a, it's a, it's an issue that we think about so often, whatever the statistic is, 50% Christian kids walk away from their faith. Maybe it's 80, not really sure. I know that it is, it is of great concern and, um, yeah, you, you, uh, one quote that I so appreciate where you say parenting is not like baking a cake. Um, it's not just, you know, mixing these ingredients and you get this amazingly godly child. There's a lot of things that are working against us. And so, yeah, continue on. I just think I'm excited that you're actually addressing this very issue that I think most of us as parents are deeply concerned. It, will my kid go the distance? Yeah. And, and, and I would say, having said that, you know, you probably got parents of prodigals 
listening, it's not um, it's not some sort of parental works program. So obviously we're not saved by our works, but passing the gospel is not some parental works program where um, where we have to do the right thing. And if, if we do the right thing, they'll walk with the Lord. And if we do the wrong thing, they won't. And that's actually in God's mystery. Uh, it's obviously his grace that calls calls mm-hmm. even our, our kids to themselves. But but as I was pastoring and my, with a heart to plant the gospel in New England, and I just saw even some families who would come into our church in their 50s and 60s, and they were good, earnest parents. And and yet they had had, I can think of one where all five of his kids had walked away from the Lord. Wow. Another, another just good woman who uh, had worked with her youth group, both of her kids had walked away from the Lord. And so, um, so even as I'm thinking about my own kids doing some writing, uh, trying to be intentional and thoughtful and, and deliberate, and then just getting a greater sense that this is a need across the country, uh, as our country as our country becomes more secular, um, New England re- New England really is on the cutting line. So the rest of the country is becoming more not like New England, and to say, okay, if God has given me some things, to, some things I've learned in secular New England, then they certainly apply yeah. across the country. Right. Well, I don't want to become like New England, but you're right. I think we're all headed that I think we're all headed that way. Um, the idea of of our of parenting, I think, is being this uh, kind of mechanistic process. If we do this, then that outcome will happen. And then it doesn't happen and we naturally feel guilty and ashamed and like failures. And I think most of us I, to be honest, every time I read, you know, here's the five tips to perfect parenting, I know that here comes a guilt trip because I'm not going to get this thing right. And I'm, I, and it is, there is a mystery to the whole thing. And I think especially in those of us who have kids, like in, in classical Christian schools, I talk about often the three-legged stool. You've got to have the church, you've got to have the home, and then the school. All three of these optimally are working together. And even then, you're no guarantees on it. But I guess the, the, there's a myth that sometimes happens where we parents believe that the church or maybe the school is going to actually kind of work the magic. And if, that, if they do their job, then we can kind of rest a bit. So maybe comment on that, that myth. Well, I think biblically and then even sociological, sociological studies show that parents are the most important influence uh, on their kids, and the religious life. And um, the studies that, that study kids that have walked away the number one reason they give for walking away is hypocrisy. And often that is hypocrisy in the home. Wow. So, you know, our kids are imitating us when they're young, praise, praise the Lord. But then when they're older, they're evaluating us and they're looking at us and saying, okay, does, do my parents have something that I want? So, yeah. so, and then we could go into just the fact, I believe that this is God's way of maturing me mm-hmm. as a parent. So I go to church, I listen, and I think I have something. Well, you don't really own something, have something until you can articulate it. So yep. God gives you little kids yep. so you can you can teach them. Right. And well fathers I, are fathers are intimidated, but hey, you've got a three year old. You know more than him. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is when they become sixteen and they take logic and rhetoric classes in our schools and they actually can poke holes in some of the simple arguments. And that's okay. We want them to be sharp. I want to take, you know, there's a lot we can talk about sort of on the, the myths and the problems. I, I think really what I'd be curious to hear from you, and we can focus on this. Let's pretend you and I are sitting on a flight together, and we've got 15 minutes before we land, and I find out you are this amazing parenting guru. 
um, <laughs> and I am, and I am the parent that I am, full of flaws and weaknesses. And I'm and I'm g- genuinely interested, Chap, of, of the many things. And what I love about your book, and even the title in which it's designed, or you've, it's called a comprehensive guide. I do hope people will pick up a copy of your book. You really cover everything from technology to how to pray for your kids to how to cast a vision of the of the world for them. I mean, it's it's a very comprehensive. But if you could distill it down to maybe just some best practices that you think would be really important for me as a, as a parent to embrace, what where would you guide me? What would you say? Well, depend, I'd, I'd ask first about what the ages of your kids were. Okay. And so if they're if they're young, um, parenting is a I summarize it as authority and affection. Mm. And um, so if you're young, you need to be the authority in their lives. I think this generation is nailing the affection part, but they really need to work on the authority part. And you're doing that so that they'll submit to Christ when they're older, not so that you can have peace for the football game. But, but um, <laughs> so, so, that's, so it, that's a whole different direction we could talk about. It's sort of parenting 101. I've got a parenting with confidence seminar I do. But, but specifically thinking the, the content of the disciple-making parent, um, I'd say a couple of things. I'd say first, uh, you need to ask your own heart, <clears throat> check your own heart. What's the North Star of your parenting? You want to give your kids their best. What is the best? And Third John 4, John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So that's, that's the first. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with your heart. Mm-hmm. Is this really what I'm going to get super excited about? That's, well, a that's great, the first. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, I think that's just human nature. It's hard to give away something you don't have, and you can you can only fake it for so long. And I think, as we said, I think before we started the recording, it's it's one thing to teach a second grader, um, disciple them with their you know their um, simple children's Bible. It's another thing when it's a teenager and they can look right into you and say, "Do you really believe this, Dad? Is right. this you?" So. Yeah. Yeah. And and. and... Yeah. So is, is, and what are the goals? What are the activities? Do they see this in me? Yeah. And then, so the first is, is this the North star of my parenting? And then I'd second, second, I would say talking about that stool, are you connected to a healthy church with healthy pastors? So, and, and not only connected, but committed, she's the bride of Christ. She's worthy of my devotion as opposed to she's not there to be my support. Yeah. Assuming that then I, I would go and, and, this is just a little, little sidebar, but saying, okay, this is a long-term thing. Second Timothy 3, 14 and uh, 15, Paul says to Timothy, continue what you've learned and become convinced of. And to say, okay, we're hoping for a young profession of faith. But then every, almost 95% of the people I talk to say there's a time later when their faith became their own. Mm. And that's, Tim, Paul says to Timothy, continue what you've learned and become convinced of. So it's it's almost like there's that two uh, sort of process going on. So so, go ahead. No, so doubts then are not immediately signs of our kids coming unraveled. It's actually the sees a sign that, that they're really starting to own the faith and have this point in their life where it becomes theirs, which is actually what you want. Right. Right. So you're not, you're not freaked out when their baby teeth fall out. You're not freaked out (laughs) when their body changes. You're like, Oh, that's a normal part of growing up. And I think in a similar way, uh, having those doubts that you're going from a child's faith, which is real or mm-hmm. can be real, uh, to an adult faith, which yeah. has wrestled with, there's a big world out there. There's hypocrisy, there's suffering. 
Um, yep. And yeah, yep. I'm going to follow Jesus. That's great. Well, why don't we take a quick break? I want to come back after the break and continue this very practical. I love some of the suggestions you've had really resonated with some things that I've been thinking and doing and other things you've challenged me on in terms of just how does this really look with the uh, limited time we have with our children before they, they head out into the world and continue to walk with Christ. We'll be right back uh, with Chat Batters. Thanks. Hi, I'm Steve Dace. So if you're looking for a summer worldview camp, this is the place to be. July 16th through the 20th, we're going to encourage your kids to become the next generation of cultural leaders. We've got pastors like Douglas Wilson, filmmakers, cultural critics and commentators like myself and Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire. Sign up at calledconference.ninja. Again, Moscow, Idaho, July 16th through the 20th, calledconference.ninja. Welcome back to Basecamp Live on the line with Chat Bettis. We're talking about just how do we help to disciple our kids in Christ so that when they head off into the real world, they, they go the distance. So, uh, Chap, what are some other things? Help me out. I'm a, I'm a dad of three. What should I be thinking about, especially as my kids? And it's your question was to me, where are they younger, are they older? Um, both is helpful because our listeners have kids in both areas. It is certainly a different world when they go from, you know, the children's nightly devotional time, little study Bible, and they go to bed at 7 p.m. to where they're 17, and I want to go to bed, and they're still up. And like, when did that? You know, stuff. So there's things change. It's not so simple. What what advice do you have? Well, if we're if we're still having this conversation on the plane before. I would get down to the devotion. I would yep. go back to, to hammer on, am I, am I, uh, what, what kind of witness do I have in my home? And is there secret sin that I need to attack hmm. anger, alcohol, whatever that the kids are seeing? Um, am I apologizing when I, when I sin against them? So that, do they see a real living faith at home? <clears throat> and then somewhat related to that, but different, am I really connected to their heart? Um, and so, uh, you know, when the, when the kids are younger, there's not a lot of going on at, you know, at three when they have a temper tantrum, but when they're 13 or 15 and they have a little meltdown, you're like, okay, what is going on? And you need to be able to connect it, um, to their kit, to their heart. Um, so the communication, I almost feel like there needs to be two types of parents. One is, one is when they're young. And then one is their, one is their, when they're teen, because now you're, 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 going after their heart. You're trying to understand what's going on. You're still the authority, but it's, it's switched a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, one of the things I did that was really helpful that way was, uh, in, in, because four kids, two years apart, sometimes I couldn't even remember their names, you know? And so (laughs) we, we went out for donut dates and that was, that was kind of a big deal. Um, and I would sit down and say, okay, who are you and who's your best friend and what's your favorite subject? And, What's your biggest challenge these days, and how can I pray for you, and that type of thing? It must have worked because you have written what two books now called the uh, Donut Date Journal Questions. Is that right? That uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, I mentioned that because I love this idea. Yeah. Well, it's just the idea that we can be behavioristic as parents. So my kids are doing okay; Uh, they're not causing me much trouble. Then, then there, therefore, I wrongly conclude there are no problems. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt. There's no challenges. and so going out, sitting down, um, and just, just looking eyeball to eyeball and just saying, Hey, what's, what's going on? Let's talk, putting your phone down, um, and, and talking with them. So, and then parents have problems with questions 
And so I just came up with 70 questions that they can ask and then write down what the kids say over time. I did that with my kids. Uh, I've just asked questions and they can see the progress. So, you know, one year, who's your best friend? And then three years later, you're asking who's your best friend. And it's, mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's changed. And um, so, and it sets you up for that with my young, my young boys who became young men. Sometimes those, those donut dates were, were not, necessarily uh super happy they were come to a jesus meeting we we need to you know we need to go out and uh, the, yeah. i don't like the way you're treating your mom and let's talk about this what's going on yeah and so um and that and yeah. so there are two books now you have right okay yep yep so the first book is for for questions for you to ask your your child um and then uh i had uh two moms write me and say my child wants questions to ask of me and I wow. thought, what a great idea. A great what idea. a way to teach honor um, of grandparents, of parents to say, uh, tell, you know, mom or dad, even, you know, even our age, my own mom saying, okay, what's her story? I kind of have the pieces. But, yeah. uh, um, you know, so it's a great thing that the second Donut Date Journal is questions that kids, both, both um, young and old, can ask. And so, like you're talking about with your teenagers, and if you've got holiday meals coming up it's a great way to say hey we're going to honor your grandparents and let's ask some of these let's ask some of these questions Love and it. get their story yeah um, well and, your, and obviously it's not a donut is not required um it could be right <laughs> i know that I, <laughs> that's a lot yeah. of car, a lot of carbs in your family but i'm thinking like carpool time in particular is always that especially before your kids start driving there's just those those precious rare moments where you're going to school in the morning and you're trying to do something other than play the radio and you want to talk about something significant what a great idea to have them ask you a question or you ask them once so yeah that's yeah that's super i love it. it it it's it's again it builds a relationship it sets the foundation for when you do need to have the more complicated difficult uh types of questions yeah right yeah right good and then they talk about devotions and really i you know i think I think one of the things I'd say to you if we were on this airplane was just thinking, talking about that the that we want the word to be central to our house. Mm. Uh, and so, if I'm a parent, they they see me in the word, or they know the word is important to me, um, and then that can come out specifically. Well, that can come out in small ways, sharing what I'm what I'm learning. So even right now with my adult kids, we have a text string, and I share mm-hmm. like the verse of the day, something from my devotions, um, that that struck me, and want them to do the same. Um, but with kids in the house, uh, I, I do think family devotions is a great way. Now it's not the magic bullet. So I'm following the Lord, and my dad never yep. did anything one close to one, uh, close to family devotions but it is there's something special about the family gathered around thinking about even for a moment you know god his word and that type of thing yeah. so I, I can give you a couple of hints if you is that is no that, no i think so because the hints are helpful and maybe again just sort of disarming it i think we live in a culture of specialist unless you have you know phd next next to your name or reverend doctor or whatever you're probably you feel like you're inadequate and I, you know, I, I love years ago, her story of a gentleman who was a missionary in South America and he didn't speak any Spanish. And he just basically went down there, found someone who was native and gave him a copy of the, of the Bible. And they just would sit in a circle and he would just read John and just, and through the reading of John and he didn't even know what the guy was reading, but it, it led to the formation of a church. I think that is, um, all you gotta do is read it. Just take even a small passage, read it and see what God does. You don't have to be ready to pull out a Spurgeon commentary and pontificate for an hour. 
Well, it's interesting. Just Billy Graham's funeral is just you know recent, yeah. and and their kids gave testimony that uh, when when and he went to town, the mom would just open the scriptures, read it, and that was it. So my 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 uh, kind of three things I emphasize: keep it simple, keep it short, and keep starting, mm. uh, because you're gonna you, things will come up, and you'll say, "Oh my gosh, a week has gone by, and we haven't opened up the word." Uh, right. So just keep starting for the for the rest of your life. Just keep starting. Well, and um, I and I, I read you or you I heard you say before. Just you know, again, I think sometimes it's sort of like the New Year's resolution. Like we did, we missed a week at the gym. Like that's it. I'm done. I'm a loser. And, and versus just saying, all right, fine, just pick it back up. You know. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times. You know, it's the summer. You're going here, there, and everywhere, and then yeah. you get back in the school routine. You're like, okay, guys, we haven't been in the Word. Yeah, it's just time to open up the Word and and. Uh, use some football analogies in the book, but, you know, I, I think of it as just like, you know, you're gaining four yards, you're gaining four yards, you're gaining four yards. No. And then every so often, uh, like this discussion breaks out and you go, wow, okay, that was a long play. Like that was, we, we just gained a lot of yards <laughs> right. there, but it, but it's not like you have to every night. It just, mm-hmm. you just, we just opened the word or we opened, um, you know, sometimes when the kids were young, I read Chronicles of Narnia or something like that. Yeah. So they just, they saw mom and dad, we, we talked about the Lord in some way for a short time. And then, yeah. And again, it's, it's, it should be more organic. It's not at eight o'clock PM week, I'll go to the living room and we sing Kumbaya. And then I read this section of the, it, 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 it may be structured like that, but it seems what I'm hearing you say is it's okay. If it's just, I love, I text this verse to your, Hey, look, here's something I read today. I want you to think about. Yeah. And I think that's the spirit of Deuteronomy six is it's just, I, I use in the book, I use the, the analogy of nourish. We want to nourish our kids in the word. Mm. And so that, you know, I'm not trying to force the Sunday meal mm-hmm. down their throat, you know, yeah, yep. uh, and then change taste change over time. So I need to yeah. be flexible. Okay, good. Well, the stewardess is telling us to put our tray tables up. So if you just got a few more <laughs> minutes on our flight, what else should you tell me? <laughs> oh boy. Um, what are we talking? We talked about the word, um, on mission, make sure they're serving. Kids are not just to be mm. served, but to serve. There's a great big world out there. Uh, yeah, preparing for doubt. We talked. That's normal. So we talked about that. Yeah. And then, of course, now I'm going to say this because because we're coming in for a landing here. <laughs> so, but of course, you've got to think about media and uh, yeah. And of course, the temptations of the body. So, uh, so, and again, too. we'll have to have you back to talk on that topic. It, it come, <laughs> I mean, it is, I, I call it the 301 problem, which means I, I pride, our school does a good job, I think, of for the most part, shutting off media during the school day. But at 301, when the bell rings and they open the locker up, the phones come out. And for the next six hours, it's the rest of their instructional day. So yeah, what yeah. what can you tell us other than burn our phones in a big bonfire? Well, you got to disciple. We have to disciple them. They're going to be leaving home, and 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 it, I tell you, as one who never gets lost anymore, I'm thankful for technology. Absolutely, you know, yeah, uh, and podcast here. But yep. but we we have to steward it. And if we we own the phones, we are the parents, and um, and yeah, we we've got to keep, we've got to disciple them rather than have the media disciple them. And that's. Right. It, it's changing the way of thinking. It's changing social interaction. Yeah, it's rewiring the brain. No, it's a, it's it is a big deal, and I'd love to chat with you more about that. But uh, but our plane is landing, and we'll definitely come back to uh, to talk with you more, chat. But maybe before we go, what resources t- you know you've with the Paulus Project? Uh, where can people go to learn more about your your ministry and and opportunities that you have? Well, then. 
then definitely check out the apollosproject.com but uh, i also have a, a page the disciplemakingparent.com the mm -hmm. disciplemakingparent.com and uh there uh it's links to the books um and uh i give away the audiobook for free okay um if people purchase the book send me their receipt and um and then i also have a small group study guide if people want to uh uh study it in their 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 church or great our group that yeah. sounds great chuck well good well thanks so much for being a part of Basecamp live and i'm encouraged as a dad and i look forward to uh, having additional conversations with you i love the vision you have for your ministry and the impact you're making so thanks so much for being a part of this well you're welcome thanks for having me i hope you enjoyed the episode today interview with chap bettis chap has graciously offered up several of his books to our Basecamp Live listeners, The Disciple-Making Parent, as well as the series of the Donut Date Journal, which are great books to inspire conversation between parents and their kids. If you're interested in one of those books, if you will drop us an email, info at basecamplive.com, that's I-N-F-O at basecamplive.com. The first four people to email me, I will send out this book that Chap has graciously provided. Of course, you can find copies of it on Amazon and in other booksellers. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Basecamp Live with Davies Owens. You know, raising the next generation isn't easy, so we hope you're refreshed and encouraged by what you've heard today. And if so, please invite others to listen. You can subscribe at BasecampLive.com, and we would invite you to join the conversation about ancient future education. Info at BasecampLive.com is that address. Please shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks again for joining us.